On this episode of the Cleveland Real Estate Investor, Mike Riley is joined by investor and client Geraldo M. And they walk through the process of him buying a property in Cleveland and transforming it into a short-term rental. All right. Good afternoon, everybody from sunny Cleveland uh, in March. And I don't have the virus yet, so we're good to go. Uh, and Amari's at a good distance from me, and I've washed my hands. So on the line from beautiful, sunny, germ-free San Diego is Mr. Gerardo M. Good afternoon, Gerardo. Good afternoon, Mike. Now, Gerardo is what we would call client zero. It all started with him a couple years ago. Uh, how long has it been, Gerardo, that uh, we've been taking care of your house? For about three years. Okay. Time flies when you're making money, right? Yeah, it does. Okay. Um, now, before we get into the particulars about your house, can you walk us through or down memory lane? Um, your, you called us and you were looking for somebody to do some work and a property manager or just somebody to do the work? Well, I was looking for someone to do some work, and then my uh, home inspector mentioned that you, you know, that you also do some property management. Um, so I didn't know much about it, but you know, we started talking about it, and you really seemed like you knew what you were doing. So, yeah, I mean, that seemed interesting to me. Now, you are typical of a lot of um, people that call us looking for a handyman or looking for a property manager, although more and more people are calling us to be their property manager, and then they find out we're handyman. It's probably the result of our podcasts and our Google um, online ads. But you were, you're typical of those people calling because you bought the house. Did you buy, did you see it? Were you in Cleveland bought it or you just bought it through an auction or through the MLS? I had a realtor take videos and take pictures, and he looked at a few houses for me, and then I ended up picking this one. And so I actually never, I actually never went to see it. Okay, you've just seen, uh, you know, photos and stuff like that. Yes. Okay. Now, what prompted you to invest in Cleveland? Well, um, so my wife and I did a lot of research we've been investing in real estate for about five years and uh, we had a list of cities that we identified based on a lot of different parameters such as uh, uh, the economics like employment and then like house prices and potential rent and uh, Cleveland was on our list of cities that we wanted to research more so then we started looking at properties did you have a particular area of Cleveland that you uh, were going to buy into? Uh, Cleveland Heights, Shaker Heights also look good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, not not really. We just looked around for some place where the numbers would work. Okay. Because you could have gone into any number of neighborhoods in Cleveland Heights. I mean, just going across the street on Taylor, you can go into some pockets where I I try to steer people away from those streets. They're filled with a lot of duplexes, and it's really kind of a shabby section of Cleveland I Heights. Um, I see. So the, the irony of it is you really lucked out with um, that house um, because of a couple things. The main thing being the fact that it has a 
a master bedroom or a bedroom on the first floor and a bath, right? Yes. And you never really factor that in, did you, in your which house to purchase? No, I, no, I didn't. I guess I got lucky. You got lucky. No way. Yeah, you got lucky. Yeah. And uh, so I remember talking to you because you were calling us for being a handyman. And then I started talking, which I'm good at. Um, and do you recall that initial conversation we had on the phone? I did. Yes. You talked about, you know, property management and you mentioned that, uh, there was a short term rental opportunity, which seemed really interesting to me. Okay. And you were, uh, you were one of the few people that actually kept the conversation going because a lot of times, um, the people we talked to, um, they, they just want to buy a property. They're mesmerized by the prices of these four-bedroom, three-bedroom homes. that You paid how much for that house, that four-bedroom? About 70000 Okay, so you had 70000 And you still had to do the violations, the point of sale? Well, the, the buyer, the, I mean, the seller actually took care of those. Okay. But I remember we had some things that we still had to do uh, to the yes. tune of about 1500 I don't know why that number pops in my head, but there was some things we had to do. Do you remember that? Yeah, we, yeah, we had to do a few things. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it mostly got paid off by, our, by the first tenant. Right. And that first tenant was short, short term, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Which, yeah, that's right. Which is very unusual. And then we started building on that. Um, uh, do you remember the, the steps we took to get to where you are in, in the last year and a half? Uh, yeah, I mean, we we tried a few things. We and we're still doing it, I guess. Well, we did some Airbnb and uh, for like short, you know, like real one real week. short term, like a week. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Even one that was like just a few days. Right. And uh, and then we every once in a while we had tenants stay for like two or three months right and uh lindsay's doing a great job now <clears throat> keeping the house occupied with right. uh one month or two months well you know it's interesting uh, about your house again this lucky house that you got it's a brick house it's on the corner and um for people that want to see that then go to our website on at rileyproperties.com and look for the bainbridge house it really is a nice looking house from the corner it's a brick house it's got some nice landscaping it's got air conditioning and it's surprisingly big for the way it looks on the outside i mean you've got four bedrooms there right that's right you've got the one on the first floor and then you've got three on the second floor yes and i've never been in it i've seen pictures of it so our first tenant was Linda. Now your house was not furnished then, right? Um, I think we actually got furnishings for her, and oh. uh, Lindsay took care of that. And okay, she got bedding and stuff okay. for the bathroom. So here you are yeah. pouring money out. We did some yep. fix-ups. Then we uh, had more fix-ups to do. Then we have we had some, you know some plumbing issues. I think we have a basement issue. We had some appliance issues. So. There was there was some ongoing um, upfront expenses to get it to where it is in the last year year and a half, right? Yes, that's right. Okay, and you know what? The more I think about it, and our, our history of the last couple of years of dealing with 
people calling us asking about property management stuff. I got to take my hat out to you, Gerardo. That that was, I mean, you were a you were investing for the long term, and I think it re- you really paid off last year because the bulk of your expenses. You know, the furnishings, The we had a flood in there. We had to fix that. We had to do some appliances. But for the most part, last year, the expenses were pretty minimal. Yes. Yeah. For, uh, for like big, you know, CapEx stuff. Yeah, it was it was small. We just right. got a bed. That was the main thing. Right. And we just kind of upgrade yeah. some of the furnishings. So, uh, and with the brick house, there's, you know, you're not really looking at a lot of maintenance short of, you know, clean the gutters and you know, make do some cleanup in the spring and stuff like that. Um, so, and you had a you had a nice run there going of uh, pretty much a hundred percent occupancy, uh, which which Almost, is unusual yeah. for Airbnb yeah. short term. Um, it seemed every time we turn around, somebody wanted Bainbridge for a couple weeks here or a month there or two months or extension. Now, Lindsay would know better than I, but it, that seems like Bainbridge is never going up on the uh, the board of unoccupied houses, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just saying that I'm, I'm, I'm painting a picture and uh, of an investment strategy, which we're now into our third year, and there is some upfront cost to get to that Airbnb uh, plateau. But once you're there, um, you know, the money starts rolling in. Do you recall what our revenues were for that 2019 year? It was about twenty five. Yeah, it was about 25000 Okay. So you have a house that you paid 70000 for, and you yep. probably put another ten in. Um, yes. Okay, so around 80000 yep. So on gross revenue side, you made thirty percent on a gross side. Um, yeah, yeah, about thirty percent. And the the valuation of the house, what would you, if you wanted to sell it, what do you think that house would be worth? Any idea? My um, guess is probably around one hundred five or one ten. Okay, so you bought you bought it low. It was it needed some work. You're making money on the uh, you know on the rental side with the short term. And you've got and that also financed a lot of the a lot of the expenses that had to go into, uh, you know, fixing up the property. Right. And uh, I thank you for your email today because we were asking you what what do you think you made on an ROI on that house and you said what nine point two five nine point two yeah okay nine point two. How are your other? Do you have only other properties uh, in the country? I do, yes. I have uh, two other properties in Texas. Okay. And what part of Texas? That's a big state. Uh, Denton. It's uh, near Dallas. Okay. And how and how is that working out? How's that area? It's working out well. Uh, the first property we got was there, and we got it at a pretty good price. Um, that was in 2016. And then we got another one soon after that. And, uh, yeah, you know, I wanted to, I don't want, I don't want to have a bunch of properties in the same city. So, I, you know, Cleveland was the other option. Okay. So what other markets are you looking at? Right now I'm considering maybe, uh, Rayleigh in North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Boy, you are scattering your risks here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So when the virus hits, you have a couple of different places you can go to. You're, yeah, I can move. I can move anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So you can go from San Diego to Texas to wherever the 
Uh, all right. I, okay. Well, uh, I still haven't made up my mind, but uh, it looks, you know, it looks like it's a city that's doing well, and the house prices relative to the rent give me a return that I'm happy with. I'm, okay. I'm typically looking for, you know, at least 8%. Okay. Well, that's so, pretty good yeah. in this environment. Yeah. What? How is the property management in Denton for your two? How's that working out? Well, it's a lot. It's, you know, it's typical like a long-term rental. Okay. And it's working out fine. Uh, they don't have to put in as much work as you guys do because the tenant, you know, comes in, stays for a year or longer, and they take care. The tenant takes care of of things like landscaping and stuff like that. And then every once in a while, there's just some repairs. Okay, and the property but, uh, management. It's not comp- as much revenue as this as this property. Okay, well, that's a whole different game. You're in a more yeah what high risk kind of uh, yes. Yeah, you know the irony of it is, uh, people look at short term if they can if they can stomach the initial upfront and then get into uh, you know comfortable with some of the vacancies. The pricing more than makes up for the um, the vacancies, especially if it's an if yes. it's in an area like like you are and like we are in in Cleveland Heights, which is close to the clinic, close to UH, close to University Circle. I mean, no, that there there's always demand there. Um, and you're getting yes. a you're getting a lot of clinic and university hospital uh, patients because you have that first floor. Yep. I think half it might, if I'm correct, uh, half of your occupancy is more clinic UH related. Yes, that's right. Okay. All right. Well, listen. Uh, I I wanted to hear it from a happy client here. So (laughs) hopefully uh, 2020 is going to be as good of a year as 2019. Um, Any final um, comments, Gerardo, to, you know, our listeners out there? I mean, you know, I'm not looking for a plug for Riley Properties, but just in general investing in short term. I mean, I I think there's something you mentioned, it should be emphasized. And that is that, yeah, short term rentals have can have some big upfront costs and some periods of vacancies while you know while it gets established but i think it's definitely something worth looking at if you do it make sure that you do it with someone who knows what they're doing because you're putting up all that money so right i'm pretty happy with what with what riley has done and i would recommend it good good well you know i was just thinking how play on words um investing in short term is really a long-term play um, yes. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Because you're really seeing on the back end, you're seeing the appreciation in, in the, in the neighborhood, which you're seeing. Um, but you're also seeing a nice, you know, um, stream coming in revenue stream. Um, and you know, one other thing that we've noticed with the short term over the last three, four years is with the cleaning fee and the type of client type of tenant you're getting in there they really don't beat the house up like your long-term uh tenants yes, would that's um, right it's not i mean some people you know they're getting 1500 a month in rent so they're getting somewhere around eighteen thousand, you know uh, a year but then they got to put five thousand back in uh to clean the carpet to you know uh paint the interior you know maybe yeah. replace the stove while the short-term people i mean they're hardly even in the house i mean they're they're just there to it's like a hotel they're just there to sleep 
Yeah, and uh, for a long-term rental, like you said, you kind of hope that they're going to stay for more than a year because then you have all those expenses when they move out. Right. Well, has yeah. Lindsay talked to you about some of the new the new features that are coming down the pike now for the short-term rental? And that was uh, 3D virtual tours, which now you know Zillow and some of our other platforms are allowing us to do. So where people, you know, from their laptop, from their armchair, they want they have to stay in Cleveland. Now they can get a 3D tour of the property, mm-hmm. um, which is going to make it a lot easier for everybody to see the property, to walk it through. And, you know, with the coming of 5G, that's going to be huge. And we're also experimenting with, and we'll, of course, give you an update on this, with uh, these new uh, high-tech water meters uh, we're putting in on the main so that if there is a, uh, you know, suddenly there's a, a burst pipe or a leaky toilet and there's suddenly a spike in the uh, water usage, um, you get warned on your phone and you can literally remotely turn off the water in the house. So we are, uh, that would have been great. Oh, we had, uh, one of the, the appliance. Yes. Faulty. Right. You had that. We had that problem with your house on uh, Bainbridge and we've had a bunch of problems with sudden spikes in uh, water usage, which is one of the, uh, you know, the dirty little secrets about, you know, managing property. It's managing the utilities as well as managing the, uh, the tenant. So there's a lot of stuff, you know, the, the blink cameras, the ring doorbells, the water sensors, the 3D tours. So this, this, uh, this whole business of short-term Airbnb and VRBO is really changing in front of our eyes. So I think, again, for people that want to invest in real estate, you know, the short-term route is, uh, you know, you got to know what you're doing, but the payoffs can be very, very big. So... How is it in San Diego? Are you a renter or an owner? I'm an owner. I have a I have a condo, and uh, my wife and I might have kids soon, and then we'll buy a single family house. Oh, you got to come to Cleveland. Plan. Good family area yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the houses here in San Diego are so expensive. You could be living on a mansion. I mean, literally yes. a 20-room mansion on Fairmont Boulevard here for probably what you're paying for that condo. So <laughs> I want you to think yeah, about no, that. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> you could take a 3D tour of that mansion for probably last yeah. 60 minutes. <laughs> so, all right. Well, listen, I appreciate, uh, Gerardo, you taking uh, the time from your busy day to uh, jump on our podcast when we get the uh, – the final edit's done. We'll, we'll, we'll shoot it over uh, so you, you and your wife can listen. Listen. Yeah, sounds good. All right. All right. Thanks for your time again. All right. We'll talk yeah. to you later. Okay. All right. Have a nice day. Thank Bye-bye. you. Okay. We have a special part two that I'd like everybody to listen to. This is from a segment that was on CNBC today, and it talks about uh, uh, one of the uh, – interesting plays during this uh, turbulent market, which is uh, single-family residential homes for rent. Uh, So take a listen. I think you'll get a lot out of this. Investors turning to U.S. residential real estate as a safe haven as coronavirus concerns send stocks lower around the world. Diana Olick has that story for us from Washington. Hey, Diana. 
Hey, Morgan, yeah, investors are looking for the calm in this storm, and U.S. residential real estate appears to be it, specifically single-family rentals. Roofstock is a California-based fintech company that launched about five years ago. It facilitates sales of single-family rentals to investors and also manages the properties for them. Buyers can go online and do the whole thing without ever going to the property. So in the last few weeks, it has seen traffic from investors in Asia on its site jump 500%. CEO Gary Beasley says it's a direct result of the coronavirus. Well, I think people look at hard assets, things like real estate, which are uncorrelated generally to the stock market. There's a, there's a flight to things like treasuries, which are now um, you know, down in the 1% range, 10 to 10 year, um, and things like real estate and specifically U.S. housing that tends to perform quite well on a relative basis uh, during times of, of market uh, volatility. And it's not just Asian buyers. Roofstock noted a 450% jump in traffic on its site from investors in Germany, a 250% jump from Australians, and a 100% jump in traffic from the UK. Generally, in the past, it's been people don't want to have to travel, but if they can't travel, it, uh, being able to invest remotely is, is terrific. So you, you can you put your money to work without jumping on a plane. And so I think it's a combination of not being able to travel, but also wanting to place capital in areas that are deemed to uh, be potentially more stable. Beasley also said that given the shortage of homes for sale already, we could see some current landlords start listing their rental homes, hoping to get higher prices from all this demand. Back to you guys. Diana, thank you. All right, finally, I want to give everybody a heads up about the future episodes. Coming up is some future episodes that you might want to pay attention to. We'll have those produced in the next two weeks. The first one is involving the uh, new techniques uh, that we're using to renovate a house on the cheap, without looking cheap. And that's going to be the title of the episode. Stuff like, did you know you can paint Formica? counters instead of replacing them with granite? Did you know what type of flooring to put on in the kitchen that'll be impactful without spending a fortune? Uh, Radiant heat, uh, other tips on storm doors to use, um, what what to do if you're getting a leak in the basement? Do you really need to have it waterproofed? How about a leak in the roof? Is it really calling for a replacement of the roof? These are all things we've learned in the 40 years of our contracting business that we're now applying to the renovation for our short-term rental market. So that's going to be a really interesting episode. The next episode may even be more interesting, and that's going to be our geek episode where we're going to talk about ring doorbells, high-tech water sensors where you can shut off uh, the main remotely, uh, how to employ blink cameras in certain areas for additional security, where to put your solar lighting, and the ongoing problems that we're having with what type of Wi-Fi to put in. Should you use cable? Should you use Sling? Should you use Roku? Um, What is the best route to take? And we'll probably be joined by Travis Riley, who's becoming our uh, Wi-Fi expert. So those are two interesting episodes, which I hope you'll uh, check in and pass along to uh, your friends and fellow investors. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast. Follow us on your favorite podcast streaming services like Spotify or Overcast for more episodes.